Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Camp Constitution. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ the Planet every Monday evening at 7:30 p.m. and also Thursday evening at 7:30 p.m. You can also listen to it on Podomatic and YouTube. And it is brought to you by Camp Constitution, which among other things runs a week-long family show. Uh, I mean, family camp. And next year's camp will be at the Singing Hills Christian Camp and Conference Center, July 18th to the 23rd. And like uh, every year, we have a great program. And, of course, we do activities year-round, so please visit our website, campconstitution.net, for more information. We should be joined by my co-host, Reverend Stevie Kraft. We're, we're up here in beautiful Worcester County, Fort Kent. But I think our guest is on the line. Uh, Beverly Beattie, are you there? I am here. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on for uh, a sort of, of a short notice. And <clears throat> now what uh, what brought my attention to uh, this uh, lovely Christian lady, I should say heroic and courageous Christian lady, was um, in uh, just last month, I guess it was July 18th or 17th, you and a few others uh, did something kind of unusual. You were at Midtown Manhattan in front of Trump Towers, and you painted over that ugly so-called mural that says Black Lives Matter. But uh, mm-hmm. and uh, it was just so encouraging. It was motivating, and uh, actually a little humorous too. I felt sorry for some of the poor policemen that had <laughs> fell into black paint. But what you said after they arrested you, you looked into the camera and you said, "Take your country back." And that was very powerful. So, Beverly, tell the listeners. Oh, oh Reverend Crafts here just joined us. Rev, how you doing, brother? I'm blessed. I'm I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm looking out the window here. We're getting uh, a big shower standing up here at the tip of uh, the United States of America. We can look across and look at Canada. How you doing, Sister Beverly? I'm good. How are you? Where are you at? Are you in Maine? Oh yeah, northern Maine. In fact, I can spit. We can we can spit on Canada from from our window. <laughs> Get out of here! I right in Belfast, Maine. Oh well, I, can, I recognize the area code of four two zero seven. So that's that's uh-huh. wonderful. Yeah, we actually I live in Boston, and Reverend Kraft lives with his wife in Lexington, Massachusetts. But we're up here doing some ministry work and uh, exposing Black Lives Matters. Actually, that's what you've been doing for quite a while. Man, yes. So, Bevelyn, tell us a little bit about yourself and your ministry, if you could. Well, um, my ministry was founded in 2014. Um, we just 
uh, I was new to Christ. My mentor uh, basically taught me how to be radical for the Lord. Um, and we just started this ministry with the desire to do exactly what the word of God said, which, to, which is to go, um, minister the gospel to the ends of the earth, occupy, take territory. Um, so we just, we was like, okay, Lord, we're going to be obedient. We're going to be like children and just be radical and do what you ask. And um, so uh, on, to, on top of that, I had a heart for the inner city. So we found ourselves in a lot of uh, rough neighborhoods, like more um, Philadelphia, South Philly, um, Detroit, Chicago, uh, you know, very rough areas. You name it, we were there. Um, mm-hmm. And just ministering people. And so that was our heart, and that's still our heart. Um, and then I think in 2019, uh, we had already been pro-life and had been doing some pro-life work. We weren't as intent, intentional about it as we should have been until Governor Cuomo legalized abortion up to nine months. And uh, once he did that, I mean, he just literally sparked a radical side in me and Ed May because we just felt like, wow, things are getting real. They're not, they're not playing fair no more, and they're at a point of they, they could care less about God or humans. So we were like, okay, so uh, if they want to be radical, we can be radical too. And it's been like that since. Well, I think uh, what you did there in Midtown Manhattan was something that was necessary. Uh, and I know that Reverend Kraft and I have been uh, doing a lot of work exposing Planned Parenthood. In fact, a couple of uh, two years ago, we went across the street from the home, the former home of the late Dr. Clarence Gamble who was a close colleague of Margaret Sanger, and you might be familiar with that ugly letter she sent him promoting what they call the Negro Project. This was back in 1939, and uh, I did some extensive research at the Harvard University getting his papers, and I took pictures of 80 or 90 letters. Uh, I actually held the original note that Margaret Sanger letter that Margaret Sanger sent to him about uh, the Negro Project and how we want to, we don't want the word to get out that uh, we wish to exterminate the Negro race and how certain black pastors and ministers and doctors would be used to carry out their mission. And Mm. one of the things that troubles me is that very few Christian pastors, black or white, like to talk about that. Um, You know, Abortion, in a sense, is a sensitive topic, but it's something that everybody has to talk about because um, everyone knows someone who's had an abortion, right? Right. Uh, Again, this is something that's at our front door. Um, So for me, uh, when pastors speak about sin, it's because everybody knows that everybody sins, right? Mm -hmm. At the same time you're going to address sin, you have to address the scale of sin that you're dealing with. Uh, When we want to speak about abortion, uh, we're speaking about it because it's a major issue. It's not something that you can't just not address when there's people in your own congregation or even your next-door neighbor or even somebody in your own family going and getting an abortion. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing with the LGBTQ lifestyle and agenda. You can't not talk about it. I mean, it's it's something that's in everybody's face. It's something that everybody is dealing with in a sense of whether it's a family member, a friend, a colleague, whatever. So for me, it just doesn't make sense how, like, so what are you talking about? Are you talking about, like, roses and lilies and kumbaya and Jesus coming back one day? Like, I mean, what exactly are you talking about? That's right. Um, but, of course, that's why it's important for 
voices like yours and Reverend Crafts and ours to be heard on not only this issue, but other issues. And of course, the big issue of the day uh, is this, uh, say, a revolution, uh, a civil war, and, and even a race war that the elites are promoting. And, and mm-hmm. the people who will be hardest hit will be people in the black community. As you said in that, when you did that video, that uh, most, I think most people in the black communities want a police presence uh, and do not want to see the police defunded or actually done away with. That would be insane. Uh, and there's this group that you've been doing a great job exposing called Black Lives Matter. And I think it's important to point out to listeners that, of course, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Uh, but if you say all lives matter, I guess it's considered to be racist uh, in the eyes of these uh, crazy I shouldn't say crazy. I think they know exactly what they're doing. Black Lives Matter. So tell us, when did you discover the organization and its true intentions? When did you discover that this organization needs to be exposed? Well, uh, to be honest with you, even before that, my my best friend, this is her testimony. I'm not supposed to be telling it, but I'll tell you guys a little uh, nitpick, my mentor. She actually is totally against anything that tries to push a black narrative or a black agenda of like black power. And I'm going to tell you why. She's from France, okay? So she grew up on the outside looking in at the racial issues in America. And she felt like, you know, I'm black too, power to the people, which is so trippy because African-Americans, in a sense, we kind of just fighting our own battle. We ain't even thinking about Africa and all of that extra. We, we think about what's going on right here in America, right? But these right. people from the men, they're engulfed in this stuff. They believe in it. You know, that's why in the movie Blood Diamonds, you got these guys, these these rebel kids killing their own people, listening to Tupac and Biggie. That's how much of an influence uh, America has had, even when it came to the racial issue, right? So now, this movie Malcolm X come out with Denzel Washington. And Ed May said this movie, it traumatized her. After she watched mm. that movie, she hated white people. She hated mm. them. So uh, she wouldn't, anything white, she wouldn't support. Anything with a white character in it, she wouldn't support. Celine Dion, she was a good singer, but as far as Emmy was concerned, she was white. I'm not supporting it. Anything that has to do with white people, I don't want nothing to do with it, right? She even, her mother even had a friend that was white, a white French lady that came over. Emmy told her that white people are the devil. That woman never came back, okay? So this, so Edmay really, really, uh, bought into that agenda and she was like one of those girls who actually bought the books when they came out bought the dvds african americans we don't do that we're gonna buy bootlegs we'll hear about the book but somebody's (laughs) not reading it like we just we you know okay yeah black power yeah 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 but we're not uh, investing in all of that usually it's white people who do that but she's on the other side of the earth like yeah the black struggle, the black plight, I'm buying every Spike Lee movie, black power, right? So she bought all the way into this thing. And then when she got saved, she realized. Yeah. 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 Right? So when she taught me that, uh, she just basically, she had a she had a, a radar. Anything that had to do with like this, oh, black, white, black, black, she was like, uh-uh, mm-mm, 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 don't fall. Of course, I wouldn't fall for it. But she just, she has this strong radar for it. You know what I mean? Me personally, I never was into that stuff because my great-grandma was white. I have white people in my family now. My One of my aunts is white. Like, I just, it, it, so for me, it could never cross my mind 
to be like that. Oh, they're white. I hate them. You know what I mean? I got cousins that are white. That just doesn't make sense to me. But for some mm. of these these black folk, even with uh, an interracial family, they still push this narrative. I don't get it. I will never. I never will. It's the spirit, right? Um, so when Black Lives Matter comes on the scene, we already knew the jig was up. We knew what they was about. We knew that even before they even it went, the, the website is new. They actually just put that website out to really expose what their real agenda and what they're really about uh, is on that website. But before that, they were just pushing and trying to build the organization and pushing this Black Lives Matter narrative. But what killed me was they only push Black Lives Matter when a white person does something to a black person. They never mm-hmm. do anything for black on black crime and genocide, uh, uh, murder in the womb, or just the injustices Correct. that we do on a daily basis in our own black communities. They don't address none of that. So for me, I felt like, wait a minute, I feel like they're pushing white supremacy because the only time they're really, really willing to address an issue and turn a city inside out is when a white person does something to them. But when they do something to one another, everybody's silent. That don't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I uh, can I can I speak to that, my, my precious sister, <clears throat> as uh, a black Christian who is a Bible believing, Bible something, spirit filled, died in the wool person who loves Christ Jesus. That's seventy six years young. This is how I I hit this thing. I hit this thing like this, and Hal will tell you, and he's my brother from another mother. I get in black folks' face. I mm. look them dead in their eyes. And I say to them, black lives don't matter. Mm. And if you're talking about craft, I said, you heard me read my lips. Black lives don't matter. I said, Come you're on. all lying wonders. I said, because if you really believed that black lives matter, you'd stop smoking each other in the hood. I said you would stop man going to Planned Parenthood, supporting uh, uh, an organization that's killing our people before they even have a first birthday coming out the out out the womb. I said you're all lying wonders. I said not only are you all lying wonders, you're deceived. I says because the greatest gift that God gives the human race is the gift of life. I says I don't even use the term abortion. I says, because God does not use that term. I says, we got to get back to the scriptures of what God says about these, these evils. God says, the shedding of innocent blood. God calls it murder. I says, in any time we get silent and go cricket on the issue that's most important, because if a, if a person has a death day, a funeral before they have the first day of life, the rest of it means nothing. So when black folks claim black lives matter, I said, then why aren't you out there stopping the devil from killing our most precious uh, 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 resource, which is our own people? Why aren't you coming against Planned Parenthood? You claim to hate racist and racism and want to accuse white folks of being racist when the problem is staring us in the mirror if we're really concerned about Black Lives Matter, and if we're really concerned about racism, then why are we supporting an overt racism, a racist who's dead and speaking from hell that, that 
came up with this whole idea of killing black folks before they even born through contraception, sterilization, abortion, infanticide, drugs, homicide, and every other wickedness. So don't come telling me about no Black Lives Matter. Your real agenda is, is Marxism. You're, 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 you're selling yourself paying for the rope that the devil is hanging you with and you're looking at flesh instead of dealing with this stuff spiritually. So what I do is I hit the most important issue, and that is the slaughter of the unborn. Six things that the Lord hates, he says in Proverbs. Seven is an abomination unto him. The shedding, the hands that shed innocent blood. So us, our people, Beverly, are deceived. We are yes. deceived, and we're heading for a devil's hell unless people like yourself that have a spirit of boldness, according to the apostle uh, Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, that will get in Satan's face to our people who are deceived and say, devil, brother, sister, I love you, but you're deceived. You don't believe that black lives matter. You don't believe that you want to be an anti-racist, because if you was a real anti-racist, the first person that you come against is that Planned Parenthood organization and that racist founder, Margaret Sanger, who started. You ask the average black person who is Margaret Sanger, they don't even know who you're talking about, Beverly. They don't even know who Margaret Sanger is. They have no idea. Yet they'll run up in Planned Parenthood in a hot New York minute. Let me tell you something, sister. God, God has a, a work. You have a work to do. That's why you've got to come to Massachusetts and visit with Hal and I and come to Lexington, where I live, and come to Boston, where Hal is, so that we can even take this thing to the next level, because what embarrasses me, we're up here doing programs like Hal told you, but what embarrasses me and hurts me about our people more than anything is Satan, through the Marx, through communists and Marxists, are using our people as battering rams and as pawns and as souls to destroy the greatest country other than Israel that God has ever given. And I'm not at my age now knowing that I'm on the, I'm on, I'm, I'm on the downhill slide as far as this earth. Heaven is, is what I'm looking to, toward. But I'm not going to stand back, like you said about that lady, and go along with this nonsense where I'm lifting up my voice. Somebody just an hour ago, white guy, came up to me, he had on a Trump hat. It wasn't uh, Make America Great Again. It was Trump, Keep America Great. And then on the beak, it had the eagle and the, 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 uh, the American flag. And I looked at the guy's hat. I said, hey, man, when did that one come out? I ain't seen, I ain't seen that one with the beak, with the eagle. And the guy said, oh, my son gave it to me. This is the only one that, that, that's out there. And my son gave it to me. I said, oh, man, I like that. I said, maybe I can find that. You know what that guy did? The Holy Ghost touched that man's heart. That white man took that hat off his head, put it on my head, and said, walk. <laughs> uh huh. We that went in a, a convenience store, and then I'm going to turn it back over to Hallie because I know because because you get me on a roll here. We went in the convenience store to get some some food, and two white guys pull up in the truck. Two young white guys. They see this black guy in Fort Kent, Maine. I, there's probably two blacks in Fort Kent, and I'm one of them. You don't see no <laughs> black folks nowhere up here. I walk out the store. This these two guys in the truck. They look at this black guy. That's me and see me with a Trump hat on, and they said, oh, man, we like your hat. Girlfriend, let me tell you something, then I'm going to cut you loose for now. Let me tell you something. What you are, what God is putting in your heart is spot on. You be encouraged. My prayer for you is to keep you covered in the blood of Jesus Christ 
and keep you under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty. Don't Amen. you back up one iota on the issue of life. Forget talking about abortion. That term has no spiritual teeth to it, no spiritual bite. The term is the shedding of innocent blood. Black folks, you claim that you love our people and that black lives matter, you're liars. Black lives don't matter, because if black lives matter, Turkey, you wouldn't be killing your own brother in Margaret, racist Margaret Sanger's clinic or in the hood gunning each other like dogs every day, everywhere, all the time. So, sister, go for it. Make life. Make life. God says, I set before you this day life and death. Choose life that you may live. Go for it, sister. I'm looking forward to meeting with you personally when you come down to our neck of the woods. Amen. And I'm looking forward to, man, you just got me so excited and just fired up to meet someone who's on the same page because people think me and Edmund are crazy and we're just too radical and especially black folk. But brother, you get it because that's what we say all the time. They don't care about black lives. No, they don't. you're right. No, they don't. No, let me ask you. Let me ask you one question before before I'm sorry for cutting you off. But you told how a couple of days ago that you're going to New York. Were you able to get in there with this COVID thing? I was able to get back in New York. No, 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 not New York. York. Didn't you tell Hal that you were going to Europe across the pond? Oh, Europe. Oh, uh, Europe. I haven't went yet. They keep canceling my flights, but we're gonna make a way to get there. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, because I, I do a lot of overseas travel myself uh, to uh, South Africa, Cape Town. And I said, man, oh, how's she going to get in New York right now? Pardon me? I go to Cape Town, too. I'm actually going in December. Uh-oh, uh-oh, yeah, you, me, you, you, you have to get together. You need to hook up with Peter Hammond, Dr. Peter Hammond. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do seminars for Pete, Dr. Peter Hammond. Every, I do biblical worldview summits for him every, every first uh, week or the first month of the year, January uh, uh, but that's that, that, that's why I didn't know if he was gonna was gonna be able to get over there because of this COVID thing. But now you're telling me also that you go to Cape Town, so yeah. Let us know, sister, when you can come down. Uh, uh where, where are you based out of? Where you where you at? I'm in New Jersey. Oh, well, okay. Well, you you yeah. Well, I'm I'm a Jersey born and raised Jersey, New Brunswick, New Jersey is where I was born. I live in Mass now, in Lexington. <laughs> I live in South Brunswick. <laughs> oh, wow. I worked in South Brunswick at a factory right off of Route 130. Oh, uh, yeah. Family reunion. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Listen, I'm going to let you go, but I'll be looking for you. I'll be looking for you. Work with Hal and see how you can uh, get up to Mass and we'll host you. We got a big guest room and we have a whole learning center and Hal's in Boston, but I'm going to let you go. But God bless you, sister. Keep up the good work. We'll see you soon. Hallie, you can finish her off. You can hang on. You can hang on, Rev. That's okay. Oh, Beverly, I'd I like to uh, go in a little deeper to this organization called Black Lives Matter. And uh, when you visit their website, uh, you could see where they're against a traditional Western family. And one of the founders uh, is on video unabashedly saying that they're trained Marxists. And what's mm -hmm. interesting is that they're so race conscious, they're so concerned about racism, as they claim, Karl Marx, as you probably know, was not only a screaming racist, he, even though he was from a Jewish background, he was an anti-Semite. And here are mm -hmm. these people, they, they want to have every vestige of, of whiteness removed from the country, uh, yet they're, they're embraced the, the worldview of an out-and-out -out, uh, enemy of black people, Karl Marx. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a, uh, again, this is what I call them. They are called token Negroes, okay? Yeah. Uh, Angle knew who they were. Uh, they're, they're very vital to the narrative and to the agenda. You get a, a, a black person who is willing to sell out any and anything because they love money. And we know that the That's love right. of money is the evil. So we have all Exactly. And these, these Marxists, these, these people, they know the only way to infiltrate a community is with their own. Okay? This yes, is how Marxists right. She knew to get the pastors, get these token Negro pastors that were willing to sell out for a decent dollar and to mm-hmm. influence the congregation and the women there to, you know, see about her birth control programs and things like that. And, you know, you want to be successful. You don't want to have a bunch of kids. But the the crazy part is prior to that, black folk and even all folk knew, you got to have babies. This is how you bless yourself. The more kids you have, the more things you have under your bosom. But now they're being taught. No, don't have kids. You need you need birth control. You want to be more successful. You want to be able to focus on your education and this and that in your career. Less kids is better. And the less kids we've been having, the more depleted the black community has been. That's right. To the point that That's right. you more than birthing one another. But it took token Negroes to do it. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what these they are trained house Negroes. They get the mm-hmm. common master. They get to sit at master's table. They get to talk with master. They get to have a, a relationship with master. Master has an agenda, but for them, master treats them like they're special. And as long as they do what master says, they will be successful and they will go far. And these are corrupted women. They don't have daddies yeah. in their life. That's why they're feminists and lesbians, okay? They're yeah. already corrupted. So whatever master tell them, master's daddy, master's good. We're going to listen to master because they're corrupt in sin. And that's why this whole organization is a finesse and fraud. Yeah. Yeah. Very powerful. That's very powerful. So let's, uh, we got about five minutes left uh, to the interview. Can you give us a little recap of your, uh, your activities there in Midtown and also Harlem and Brooklyn, New York on that wonderful day when you, uh, you uh, decided to uh, paint out the Black Lives Matter um, banners or um, murals, whatever they call them. Well, what I'll do is I'll give you some inside scoop. How about that? Um, before okay. it happened, we actually walked up to the police officers and we told them that we support them and that we're going to fight for them. And they shook our hands and hugged and they said, thank you, we're grateful, we appreciate that. And mm-hmm. I said, okay. I pulled over, we pulled over, I had somebody pull over the car, I popped the trunk, and I started popping the cans. He's like, what, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you going to paint? I'm like, uh, and then, you know, of course, I'm like, listen, uh, I'm going to decorate. He's like, what are you going to decorate? I said, listen, I'm black, right? Decorate. I'm talking over, he knows what I'm going to do, but they're not, they're not trying to stop me. They were just trying to act. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. But they knew a full on well. Yeah. I mean, the cops total support of what we're doing because they hate uh, the Black Lives Matter movement as well. They see what it's doing to the city and to the people, and they also yeah. know what made the Black doing to the Black people. Uh, a Black officer told me himself, what I hate about it the most is that this is a political plight. It has nothing to do with us. And so right. uh, they're woke. And the crazy part is uh, uh, the police force is more diverse than Black Lives Matter. Most of Black mm-hmm. Lives Matter is white liberals. That's right. We know that. 
are strange folk, yeah. right? But yeah, you, yeah, we know that. Department, right? So the police yeah. are like, listen, they let me get down there. They let me get on my knees. They let me paint, and finally they arrest me. But they made sure to give me a desk appearance ticket, and they only charged me with criminal mischief. That's it, right? Criminal um, mischief. <laughs> It, that's it. They gave me the minimal charge, right? Um, uh, and they arrested me. The mayor said, anybody who goes near this mural and even spits on it, arrest him, right? But when people were rioting and looting for Black Lives Matter, he told the police to stand down. Yeah. yeah. So this is strategic. This is strategic what he did. So yeah. now. Yeah. The commissioner exposed him and said, you told us to stand down for Black Lives Matter, but yet you got the audacity to arrest that girl for painting over a mural that you didn't even get a permit to paint and use taxpayers' money to do so? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure it dismissed. But when we get to, got to the police precinct after they arrested us, they treated us phenomenally. They helped me get paint off. They fed me. They gave me water. Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. so much to us mm-hmm. and so much um, and they also gave me some numbers that I'm kind of concerned about. They basically said that there's only 33,000 police officers policing the five boroughs of New York City. Wow. Which is wow. A- wow. Wow. And that's right? all three shifts, right? That's all three shifts. That's all three. That's the that's, that's whole. Wow. That's yeah. 33,000. Wow. 8 million people. That's a serious issue. But let's add some more to with the BLM thing and the fact that right now, even as an officer, you look at somebody the wrong way, you'll go to jail. They, with them taking the $1 billion, they got rid of undercover police. So those guys who are police officers who walk around the city in regular uniform monitoring, they're gone. They're not in New York no more. They're fired. They don't got a job, right? Um, by him taking that billion dollars, they're not hiring no more police right now. But So the cops, are seeing all of these new regulations and their hands are tied. So basically, they're being paid babysitters. And for those who actually did sign up to be a police officer to, to, uh, to, police officer to maintain a uh, 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 justice and, and proper policing in their city, they're like, listen, we getting out of here. So 35 cops a day are putting in for uh, um, retirement. And they're leaving. Whether they get it or not, they're leaving. By next year, there will only be 25,000 to 20,000 police officers policing 8 to 10 million people, and really 8 million because people are leaving New York by the droves. I mean, even yes. me, I'm getting out of New Jersey because they're, they're, they're going to funnel to New Jersey eventually, so I'm going to the south. Oh, yeah, Murphy. Uh, Murphy's going to do the same coming. thing, especially in North. Okay. Especially in North. It can We just have a few. We have a few seconds left. So, Bevelyn, where can people find out about your uh, wonderful ministry? Well, they can find my uh, ministry website at wellministries.org um, to connect with me. But you can also uh, go on my Facebook page, Bevelyn Beattie. Parlor is Bevelyn Beattie. Instagram is Bevelyn Beattie. And uh, I think YouTube, Bevelyn Beattie. And you can also find me on Twitter at Bevelyn B. Beattie. Excellent. Thank you so much for being a guest. And listen, yeah, li- yeah. Listen before you, before you go. The wife and I, we've got to come to New Jersey. Have the last week of this month to pick up a car. Matter of fact, right in South Brunswick. Hal's uh, going to give me your number if that's okay. Uh, last week of this month, we're going to be in Jersey, and I want to I want to connect with you if that's possible. Absolutely. May you come? Okay, let me know. we'll do that. 
Okay. All right, folks, you're listening to Camp Constitutional Radio with your host, Hal Sherloff. And until next week, may God richly bless you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.